2: Someone has mixed an amazing Spider-Man in with the Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man series. This will not stand.
1: Pardon me, but I wish to tender a serious cash offer for this stack of water-damaged little Lulu's.
2: Uh, A, that is not water, it is Diet Mr. Pibb. And B, I... Ooh. (sighs) Tell me, how do you feel
1: about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents?
0: bop, boop, come on, test, test, I am talking, I am saying words, I am testing my microphone, okay, uh, HK, let me hear a little from you, real quick,
2: hello, hello, testing,
0: testing, you're golden, and Travis,
2: checking, checking, checkity, check, this is me making a mic check.
0: <laughs> this is this is me talking into a microphone. I am saying words. I am doing things.
1: Concert, right? That oh, was...
2: God. I always hated doing that. <laughs> oh, see, I hated used
0: to it. I used to love doing mic checks. I used to hate doing drum checks because drum checks are annoying. Because like I'm not the kind of drummer who likes to sit just sit alone and just play. Like I want to play with a band, you know, mm. and uh, and they want you to do like full. Hit tests and stuff, and I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do, you know? So I do that standard beat that every drummer does. <singing>
2: you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's any consolation, everybody hates drummer sound checks. Yeah, uh, no, it's, like, true. it's true. It's literally the worst part a while of too. any show.
0: Yeah, they take, they take the longest out of anything else, unless you have a real uh, dickhead guitarist who wants to, like, check every fucking little level, but...
2: You know. Well, I mean, you know, just because for the most part, it's not like most folks just have like a two or three piece kit. Like mm-hmm. I used to play with dudes that were like bringing in racks for their symbols. And I'm like, come on, man. It's it's punk rock. Just you don't need all that crap. No, it's true. And I like
0: like I like I would take like I would always buy these five piece kits. And the first thing I would do is I would take one of the mounted toms off and just throw it away because I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm literally never going to use this. <laughs> and today, yeah. and to date, I've never played a five-piece kit. In fact, I've had uh, I, I've had moments where I've gone as low as three, you know, and just taken off my mounted toms altogether because I don't use the mounted toms very often at all. It's almost exclusively floor-based snare, and plus that way I could put my cymbals down lower and closer to me, and I don't have to you know re- reach my bulbous arms. That much farther to, <laughs> to get to the to It's the hard
2: for T-Rex to play a high symbol. You know? Really
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get this thing going. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> All right, nerds.
0: It's reached threat level midnight. Welcome to Alt Nerd Obsessive. I am your host, Mo, a.k.a. Mr. Brian Jaffe. And with me is the one and only, the king of horror, HK. Hey. And our guest today is... A luminary in his own mind, a legend, without an audience. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend, Mister Travis Holyfield. That's this has been hateful so
2: far. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize this was the roast episode.
0: Yeah, I was going to start on a low point. Well, I figured, you know, it's like the it's the it's like the military. You got to break you down before I build you back up again
2: oh all right all right, all right. I'll, I'll tell you. i mean you're not wrong on anything you've said it's just you know, why, why'd you have to say it out loud where people could hear that's true that's true uh, let's let's do this again no i'm just kidding we we, we have it in the bag. <laughs> no, we no, have God. it
0: we have it in the back
2: it, it's done <laughs> it's been said uh, i didn't ask it's curse or not on your podcast but it's you so i'm assuming that the answer is yes the answer
0: is very much yes yeah i uh, i don't censor anything
2: Fantastic, because I have a lot of thoughts.
0: <laughs> well, good. I like people who know how to think. Um, there's, there's yeah, exceedingly yeah. less and less of them these days. <laughs> <About> set, <skillset>, yeah. <laughs>
1: there really is.
0: It's, it's no longer a job requirement apparently. But uh, you know, for, for anything,
2: the truth. All,
0: all right, right. Uh, I want to, I want to get into it with you a little bit. Um, you are all right. There's th- so. Me and HK talk a lot about, like, in in our private lives, we talk a lot about, like, stuff people are kind of, like, known for, you know? And, like, obviously for me, it's Golden Girls (laughs) and Dildos. Um, Yeah. But when I think of you, I tend to think of uh, comic books and Dungeons & Dragons.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much my brand, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's fantastic. That's a great combination to have. But but you take it a little further though because you are a comic book author, correct? Yes, yes I am. All right, so tell, tell, um, tell yeah. I, tell I have us not
2: quite yet made made the, the the crossover to figuring out how to Venn diagram that and the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I write comics. I'd imagine it'd be pretty easy. Oh no I'm sure it is it's just not where my uh n- not where my particular career path as it were has taken me yet sure sure um but you know it's it wouldn't it would definitely be something I would do and I'm sure, sure. one of these days you'll you'll see you know what the thing is i just remember when i was um like when I really got into dungeons and dragons when I really got into fantasy in general, I just remember like in junior high and then like early high school, just reading so much fantasy. Sure. Like much that I honestly think I burned out on it a little bit. Mm. Like, like, uh, there's, the thing about fantasy to me, as opposed to like a lot of other genres, is there's so much world building that goes in at the outset.
0: Yes, And
2: so much of being involved in the plot means getting really granular and really encyclopedic with knowledge of this fiction scape and for me i just don't have at this point the inclination to do world building on that scale
0: it's it does take a lot yeah i mean i would say i would say the first books in a couple of my favorite series are almost impossible to get through i mean just oh, i mean yeah. like like i mean think about the classics too like think of like lord of the rings you know like the first couple of chapters or the first however many pages it is of that book where it's just nothing but fucking genealogy i'm like Christ almighty but then once you know once they get out of the shire it 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 gets much better or like um
2: well, the thing uh, you got to remember about those, about Lord of the Rings, especially sure. is that wasn't a guy who was like, Hey, I'm going to write a, a fantasy series. No, that was a guy who was like, I want to create like no less than 12 separate distinct languages. Right. And I want to have some way to actually road test them. Yeah. yeah, think, Cause he, you know, he, was, mean, he was, he
1: yeah. was a
2: language professor, right? Or something yeah, like that. A, a linguistics professor, I believe. Um, but that was like his big passion with Lord of the Rings was creating like the elvish and creating the the, the dwarfs language um and where those came from you know from uh, from real world languages as well like kind of like what the origins of those were sure um and i can't give you chapter and verse on it but i okay. i i mean i want to say that i think it's the dwarvish language was based a lot off of hebrew for example hmm. um, but but yeah to your you know to to that point it's it's absolutely the case you know um the game of thrones books are great but they are I mean, those fucking things are dense at the same time. That's
0: the only reason why I haven't been able to get through them. It's yeah. just it's it's so much information in such a tightly packed space that it's really hard for me. Like, I mean, now let's let's get real for a second. Honestly, like my big my main style when it comes to like fantasy literature is I like I tend to read a lot of YA stuff, and I'm not ashamed of that because no, when fuck, why would you? Be? Yeah, because like when you think about it, like people who do like. Who's the hardest audience to keep their fucking attention? You know? Teen- yeah. teenagers. And teenagers. Yeah. Right. It's the hardest, hardest group to keep <laughs> their attention. I
2: said fucking teenagers. <laughs> Those like fucking teenagers. get them off. Get my off my lawn. lawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that that did not come out as intended. I love teenagers. <laughs> Shit, that didn't come out right either.
0: Uh, <laughs> but uh but like, you know, um so like the Artemis Fowl books I fucking adore, you know, yeah. or I'm trying to think of some of, some of the other series that I that I've read that I really like. I mean, anything Discworld. Like, I love the Discworld books. Like Terry Pratchett's my favorite author of all time. But he knew how to keep the story going. You know?
2: Yeah. Uh, those, well, that's that actually is the second my second point. Like in terms of fantasy literature for me, something like Discworld. Like, I don't know that there's a really good gateway in because like how many books is Discworld at this point? Forty-seven. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like like I sometimes I look at a trilogy and just like, I don't know that I've got that much time left on yeah. earth. You know, like the idea of jumping into something that's forty seven books. Yeah. Like wow, I hope that the, you know, you better really hope that payoff is worth that investment. Yeah, well in that so case I, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it absolutely, like yeah. I know. I'm uh, but I'm just saying like that's that's a little intimidating. So I think for me what it is is I would absolutely do like a fantasy-based comic. I just haven't quite figured out A, what I can say specifically about the genre that hasn't already been said, you know, like what's my take on it that would Mm -hmm. really distinguish it. And the reality is like my taste in fantasy run fairly classic high fantasy Tolkien kind of stuff. So I don't really know that that I'm going to bring a lot to the game that's not there. And the other thing is, in terms of avoiding that other trap that I can't figure out how to get around the the world building, there's already a handful of great comic books that do that. Mm. Uh, comics like Rat Queens. Um, Ted Naifeh had a series not too long ago called Knights Dominion, which is basically a me- like a mytholo- like a medieval Dungeons and Dragons esque city and with like superheroes in it.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. And, and
2: completely rad yeah um yeah i mean there's there's definitely ways of doing it and there's people out there who are very very good at it and maybe i'll figure out kind of what my move is but right, right. now i'm still i still kind of have my sweet spot right now which is like superheroes supervillains, crime stories mm-hmm. um and all ages type stuff uh, the the pitches that i've got kind of sitting around right now um one of them is like a a pretty kind of fun John Wick-esque like high violence crime book. Um, there's one that's kind of like a historical f- fiction and one that's a superhero book. Those are three that are more, you know, teenage to up. Let's well, PG rated and up. But right. then I've got a half a dozen things that are that are kind of in the, the notebook, the idea notebook that are would be all ages or or, you know, maybe middle grade, targeted kind of materials. So yeah, haven't quite gotten to that fantasy pool yet. Oh, the other the other great one, um, Mo. You you were a penny arcade fan at one point, weren't you? Or I, I, mis- I remember. No, you? no, I
0: still I still am. Yeah,
2: um, their lookouts series that they do from time to time. Right, right. It's like it's like Boy Scouts in d d Yeah, you know? yeah. Like it's it's basically like if uh, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, you know, what he would have been like as a kid in this like ranger camp. And it's completely <laughs> fucking rad I love and it's it. something that, you know, it sounds so It's so simple on the face of it that when you hear it, you're just like, Jesus, that's a good idea. How did nobody hit that before you guys got there? Um, And it's great, you know, so I just haven't quite got the right idea yet. But, you know, no, no telling what the the road will bring.
0: See, now, here's something I haven't I, I don't talk about this very often because it's one of my like great like procrastinations. I started writing a graphic novel about. I want to say 15 fucking years ago at this point, you know, and I haven't gone anywhere with it. And if I were to try to bring it, stick it, uh, pick it back up again, I'd have to start from the beginning. Cause I forgot most of what I've already written. And like, I was writing it freehand, you know, like this was before, like I really thought to do anything on the computer. So I was just literally just writing it, you know? Absolutely. And, um, and it was this great idea involving, you know, like drugs and experimentation and mental health and, you know, and like, actually, like, you could, pro- I could probably do pretty well with it right now, given the, the current state of the world, you know, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a, fa- it's like, it's getting it out there. It's getting the motivation to sit down and write, which has always been my biggest issue. Like, I love to write, but I'm, like, I, I'm so inside my own head about it that, like, I'll get like three or four pages done. And I'll go back and I'll read them and I'll be like, this is shit. And I'll just put it, put it aside. Yeah. See,
2: I actually fucking yeah. hate writing. Yeah. I hate writing. I enjoy having written something. Right. like I love that feeling of accomplishment. But sure. The actual mechanical process of writing is goddamn torturous to mm. me. Um, I do a lot of pre-planning and just taking notes and kind of churning things through my head. And a lot of that is just because most of the work that I do is like self-published or indie published in a way that I don't have a lot of firm deadlines I have to work with. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I've got the ability of just kind of being like, ah, you know, let's, let's work through it. And when I've got it really solid, you know, it, it almost feels to me sometimes like by the time I sit down to write it, I'm on my second or third draft. Cause mm-hmm. I've been working through this stuff in my head a lot and I, you know, it, you still end up going through a lot of drafts on paper, but, um, but I feel you man the motivation thing is a pain in the ass especially for guys like you and me because there's so much that we enjoy in terms of media consumption right that it for me it's sometimes a choice like it's it's this kind of horrible Sophie's choice where it's like well yeah you can create the thing you want to create but in order to do that you're going to have to not enjoy this huge swath of stuff. Like, I don't know where people find the time to write professionally while still like, you know, having any sort of, um, consistent media diet. Um, the ones that make sense to me are the people that are like, yeah, I haven't seen a movie in three years. Cause I write all the time. Most <laughs> uh, of the people I admire, but at the same time, I'm just like, Oh, that bums me out so much because, so much of why I enjoy making comics is because I enjoy consuming comics. I enjoy movies, joy, like all this cool stuff out there. So, so I completely feel you in terms of like, it's not even just like, Oh, I'm lazy. It's just like, there's so much awesome shit out there. Yeah.
0: You know, the funny thing is I don't, I don't consider myself lazy at all. Like, I mean, like I, I think, I think I have like a lazy streak in me for sure. And, and so that'll usually be what starts, the process mm-hmm. of stopping whatever i'm doing but uh no i don't th- i don't think i don't think ultimately that i'm that i'm particularly lazy i really think it's more of a mat- not, matter I, and i mean not yeah. for
2: nothing you have other creative outlets too. right, that's right. The thing. yeah like i didn't write comics uh you know until i was in my 30s and mm-hmm. that's because my creative outlet when i was like all through my my late teens and 20s was music music yeah exactly like, i was in bands and i was doing that and you know, so it, that a lot of that that need for a creative outlet in me was was handled by doing that, by mm-hmm. you know, being in bands and going to practice and writing songs and playing shows. Like all of that was really working for me. And even before that, like I can, you know, when I was in in college, I did a lot of um, I was dating myself too. But it was kind of mm-hmm. like the height slam poetry moment. Uh-huh. I'm not even gonna. I'm going to say moment. Um, so I was in um, this spoken word collective that was like five poets and a jazz band. And we would just like go around. We'd do coffee, sh- uh, coffee shop shows like every weekend. And just, you know, that was my creative outlet at that point.
0: Spent a lot of time um, at Laszlo's. <laughs>
2: A not insignificant amount. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think also the thing that I realized is that um, a lot of it changed for me when I got married,
1: mm. because
2: at that point all of a sudden my creative output became about like making stuff for me, stuff that I wanted to consume. Whereas I think a lot of it before that was uh, a great way to meet girls. Right, right. So all of a sudden being married, it was like, oh wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna prove my sexual worthiness to anybody by writing this Wolverine comic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I better do it because I really, really enjoy it, or something like that. Right. Not that my wife does not find me very, very uh, attractive for my I'm, comic book writing, of course.
0: Well, you you found a a unique specimen in that regard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thank like, you for
2: calling my wife a unique specimen. <laughs> I mean, like,
0: no, she's she's a unicorn. You know, she's like, she, she's, yeah, she's
2: a. U- in many many ways yeah she's fucking awesome I'm i mean
0: i at. i've met her she's delightful <laughs> you
2: know she's a goddamn she's a goddamn treasure um honestly i i absolutely adore her yeah no i we got but i mean you know it's it, it i guess it didn't happen completely randomly we met on a comic book message board mm. so you know before we'd even set eyes upon each other we knew that we had something very much in common right um and it's, you know, there's areas that we don't have in common. So yeah, like our musical tastes are completely different. Um, you know, we have a lot of the same taste in movies, but there's areas where even that kind of slips off and stuff. The big advantage we have besides comics is the fact that that we are both nerdy, uh, but we're also roughly the same age. So all of our cultural touch points are pretty much the same. Uh, you know, so like if I, if I make a, a random one-off, joke about golden girls she's she's gonna pick up on it like that so yeah we're, we're we're very compatible in that sense i'm a very lucky fellow
0: um so let's let's go let's go into your history a little bit here like uh going back do you, what's what's like your earliest memory for like comic books and like what got you into the whole thing
2: so i can't actually remember a time when i didn't have comics in my right. life the family Story and this may be apocryphal. I'm not in any way claiming that this is the truth. It's just <laughs> the, the the party line that we've towed my entire li- uh, life is that I taught myself to read when I was three off of the Electric Company and off of Marvel Comics. Wow! um Because the and the Electric Company because Spider-Man was on it. Ah! Um, I don't remember this at all but like. Electric Company, they would have these um it was around the Morgan Freeman as uh, as Black Dracula period. Pen. And yes. I
0: remember that. Pen. Um,
2: but they Spider-Man would be on the electric company and he didn't talk. Uh instead, he would they'd have bubbles with uh, like pictograms and stuff where that's basically him communicating. He basically talked in emojis uh, for all <laughs> intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so um the family legend is that I taught myself to read in that fashion. And then when I was probably, I'm going to guess like maybe five or six ish. Um, my parents were co-owners of, of a gym, uh, back when it was like not a cardio kind of experience, but like a pumping iron Schwarzenegger type of experience. Um, so I just remember like being surrounded by these like gigantic lugs that basically, you know, hung around my, my parents. And one of these kids was, um, I don't know, he was like maybe 19 or 20 and he decided he was going into the Navy. So he had to clear out a bunch of his stuff and he showed up at my house with this gigantic cardboard box, probably like a, um, like a moving box full of old comics. Wow. And he was like, Hey man, I can't take any of this stuff. So here you go. Um, so I got gifted at a very young age just this gigantic man's of comics and from there it was off to the races. That's wild. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so That's it's awesome. Yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, just, I mean, we want to talk about <clears> setting <throat> the path for an entire life like when the, the person's like five years old. like that Some people get a football slapped in their hands. <laughs> me, it was a big box of comics.
0: That actually explains a lot about myself because when I was uh, a young man of about five years old, uh, an old man in the woods but handed me a, a trash bag full of porn magazines and You know, just the rest. You would
1: have found it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, I'm the only person at this point I think I know who never had a porn in the woods scenario. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I
1: really
2: really felt
0: like it was every man who has ever existed has had that first experience with pornography was finding a trash bag in the woods.
2: No, no, never happened for me. And I didn't. No, it was a thing until um, (laughs) until like maybe two years ago or so. There's a great comic by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky called "Sex Criminals," Mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, Mo, if you're not reading, you're fucking missing the boat. I'm writing the the name down right now. Oh, you would fucking dig it the most. Um, The central conceit is that it's a couple. It's this woman, and whenever she orgasms, time around her stops. (laughs) (laughs) Like until. I I can't remember the rules exactly but basically like so you know she has an orgasm and then everything freezes and she can kind of like run around and do whatever she wants and then she ends up meeting and hooking up with this guy and finding out that he has the exact same thing when he when he comes he just time stops so the two of them do what any young horny couple would do which is bang a lot and then rob banks of course and it's fucking fantastic it is like insanely intelligent and funny and sex positive and just a fucking great comic um but they've also got a uh, fraction and zadarsky are probably two of the funniest dudes in comics and they do a letter column at the end of every issue of sex criminals which first of all is like this weird great place where like incredibly deviant people come together to like <laughs> up, share stories but that was a, the first place i had heard about the porn in the woods thing and uh-huh. i was like what the, like what the fuck is wrong with the woods around where i grew up like we had woods but like all you all i ever found was like a switchblade and like you know uh some old beer cans like that's not fun i'm not gonna lie
0: i'm not gonna lie when i was a kid i would have much rather have found a switchblade
2: I just, you know, um, I, I don't know that I really would have thought about it as a kid, but just certainly I, I think my first, ex- so everybody else had that first exposure to pornography. My first exposure to anything was like that weird diagram in health class of the female reproductive system. <laughs> <laughs> I like it was the goddamn Rosetta stone right. trying to like suss out how this actually worked. Um, It's a miracle I ever had sex, actually. I think it comes to success. I could have done some serious damage to somebody with the the knowledge that I didn't have.
0: I, uh, well, I've told this story before, but I I don't think I've, I don't think I've told it on here yet. But when I was 11, um, now when I found that bag, it was a few years earlier and, um, I, I like you, had no idea what the hell I was looking at, but when I was 11, I was... Is this a Herbie's ad? Is this a <laughs> roast beef sandwich? With <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um I was rooting around the house for movies to watch, and this was the VHS days, you know. And uh, I noticed some tapes sitting up on top of my uh, parents' television, so I grabbed a chair and I looked at them. I'm like, oh, what's this movie? Around the world, what's that? Pop it in, it's this John Holmes film, you know? So, so like my first experience with like actual, like full hardcore pornography was the man with one of the biggest dicks in the world. And I'm like, fuck, is that normal? <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> man, that's a, that's a confidence crusher. Yeah. Right there. Right? That's you know, what
0: I'm starting off. And I'm not, I'm not a big guy to begin with. And, you know, I'm like looking at that thing and I'm like, that's a monster, you know, but yeah, it was.
1: I ha- I have to ask a
0: very weird were those, day.
1: Were uh were those videos in brown clamshells?
0: They, no, they weren't. But half of them were in a brown paper bag. Okay. You know, he just made the mis- yeah. he just he made, made the mistake. Yeah, right. You know.
1: When when I was younger, uh, brown clamshells were fucking you know synonymous with porn.
2: That's funny. I have the the wonderful history of having worked at a mom and pop video store through college back Mm. when VHS was still VHS. Like, you know, the stores hadn't quite rolled over to try to start selling DVDs and and mom and pop stores were still a thing. But we had that like stereotypical and I say that stereotypical, but maybe, you know, people might not know what I'm talking about now. But when you know you the mom and pop video store, there's always that Worn section that had the fucking saloon doors it was either like beaded fringe yeah or the one the doors. one I went to had the beaded curtains. yeah yeah we had the saloon doors and just that that experience of like having parents of kids that you know show up <laughs> and like you know get like two Disney movies and like Jurassic Park and then oh a little something for dad too <laughs> and then it's like just that thing of like you know being like Nineteen or twenty, and just making unbroken eye contact with this dude, and being like, "What's up, man? Yeah, I got a little something on you right now." <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the, mad. It wasn't ordering history at my fingertips. So uh, it wasn't.
0: uh It wasn't Mad Mike's, was it?
2: No, no, no. Because I was. I. I didn't grow up um, in in your neck of the woods. I oh. was up in the northeast, kind of east of Hartford. Oh, I see. Um, I see. That place, that place
0: had, like, that was a place I never got to go to while it was still open. But man, the reputation that that place had, like, it, you know, cause when you, when you're a teenager, you know, you tend to be like, Oh, well, what's the craziest thing I can find? You know, whether or not you think it's sexy or not is not the point. You're just looking for insane. And the stories I would hear about the stuff that that place had, you know, like now when you're 17, 18 or 16, whatever, <clears throat> you know, the fact that there is a, Uh, a place that sells, like, fisting videos and, and, you know, shit videos and pee videos. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, people actually want to see this stuff? And then as you grow older, you're like, yeah, people really want to see this stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, what was the thing that we had? I think one of the big ones for us, for some reason, there was a lot of – a uh, little person porn. I'm going right. to try to use the politically. I don't know if that's the politically correct term or not. I don't. Know. Um. Not. It's not what we called it. We used the M word. We used the M word. Uh, yeah. We used the M word. But there's a, a fairly large section of that, and I, I can't for the life of me figure out how they landed on that as a subgenre. <laughs> and actually, it occurs to me now that the person who ordered for that section was the husband. Of the manager of the store. Ah. So it was like, she was like, you know, this, this very nice, like older gray haired lady who just would not order those videos. So she had her husband do it. So I guess basically we just had a great insight into, uh, what he was into. Right. I it used to... entirely possible that he was just like, all right, let's, let's do this for a joke and then see how it works. And, and it worked out way better. Family
0: yeah, family exactly. Family. I used to own one, um, Called size don't mean shit. And that Tell to, me
2: it's not also a scat porn.
0: No, no, no. It's it's thankfully it was not. No, um, but it used to crack me up because it was all like it was it was uh, smaller gentlemen having sex with much larger women, and it used to, I just it made me laugh. Like it's the only reason why I <laughs> bought it because you know it's modern it's modern day freak show stuff. I mean, really, and like I'm not proud of it, but it it did make me laugh.
2: I'm always somewhat intrigued as to like how somebody begins their journey into whatever particular super niche, like super, um, niche kink is their thing. Like I was in a band for a while with a guy and all he watched was amputee lesbian porn and like was also always trying to get other people to watch it with him. And it was like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay over here. (laughs) Um, not trying to kink shame you but at the same time like just get that shit out of my line of sight right um (laughs)
0: <laughs> like it's, just, it's it, fine if you want to watch it i'm not interested.
2: i mean it's, yeah. i don't yeah. i don't know that it's fine but i also don't think that i'm i'm the mayor of pornography like i don't right. think i get to judge what is and is not okay sure. um you know but but i was i wanted to say as long as nobody's getting hurt and then i'm like mm, many of those women were amputees <laughs> so somebody was getting hurt at some point no but i was just like how did that guy land on that before the internet Right. You know exactly. I mean? like, exactly. Like, because I, I I get that there's now this phenomenon where like there's such a glut that you're just like, OK, well, now I'm so overwhelmed by what is standard that it's just noise to me. So I'm going to start to seek out these more extreme things to just kind of get that same reaction. Um, I think it's the same way heroin works. Uh, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm just like, you know, in the age before the Internet, when Let's say that uh, oversaturation would not have been a particular threat. Right. How did you get there? You how did what? you get to lesbian amputee? How the hell did that even happen? I feel like every major
0: metropolis area has that one seedy place that everybody wants to go to and you hear the stories about it. You know Now, how they get that stuff is beyond me. I don't know. But I, but I remember like there was, there was always, and like, so Mad Mike's was the place that, that I'd always heard about as far as like rental places are concerned, but there was Time (laughs) Tunnel, uh, there was Time Tunnel, which if you walk into it, it basically just looks like a, like a pawn shop that has a lot of videos, but they had a, they had a whole room in the back that was nothing but pornography, you know, and they had some of the craziest shit I had ever seen and, uh, I mean, I started going, I, I mean, like I went there just to, cause I was starting to collect VHS at the time, you know, and I didn't think twice about anything that was in the back. I figured it out by accident, really, uh, walking back there and I'm like, Oh, this is, uh, this is all adult stuff. That's it's, cool. It's like Dick Narnia.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like you walked into a wardrobe and just ended up surrounded <laughs> by penis and vagina.
0: Right. You know, but they, but they had crazy shit too. Like they had all sorts of like pee and shit videos and stuff like that. And I was just like
2: cool and just kept walking and and i got to imagine that that was not a random arbitrary choice like that is either somebody in the store wanted that for their personal use or they detected a trend right uh within their customer base yeah i don't know how, oh, how? it it's one of those if you build it they will come situations <laughs> oh shit i'm nice. fired from comedy for that i'm sorry nice pun
0: <laughs> pun very much intended
2: oh uh, i'm i'm i shouldn't be as proud of myself for that as i am <laughs> you should be very proud
0: oh, of that actually that's, that's that's joke of the show right here um let's 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 get let's get away from from porn for a second though go back to uh the comics and whatnot what okay so so here here's something that i always like to ask people i like i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot here because we didn't talk about this before but like all right sorry hit me up what you got here we go what would you consider like necessary reads you know what i mean like like what like what like say somebody's trying to because comic books is probably the most intimidating thing to try to break into like to try to get into as a uh you know as a hobby that I could possibly think of. You I mean you're talking 60 70 plus years of
2: history there, you know, like where do you, where do you start? So here's okay, I'm 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 not going to attempt to kind of obfuscate the point. because um, but what I'm gonna do is I am gonna give you a lot of information that doesn't really answer the question that sure. you're asking. Sure. Um so for my money, one of the things I think that people when they say stuff like that, they're like, well, you know, 67 years of history and comic books are very intimidating. It's really because they're viewing comic books from A capes and tights perspective. Sure, sure. So they're looking at it and they're like, okay, superheroes, supervillains, superman's been around since the 40s. Like, where do I start? And the reality is that it's it's to me when somebody's like, well, how do I start with comics? You know, what what's essential? For me, it's almost being like, Well, how do I start with television? How do (laughs) I start with movies? Because to me, comics is really a genre. Right. Um not really a genre, sorry. It's um, it's a uh what am I trying to say? It's it's a a medium. Uh, and and any kind of story can be told there and is. Like we don't have a huge market for it in the u s. but in um in a lot of countries, they get, ridiculously huge numbers for sports comics Mm. like comic books about like baseball teams and 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 shit like that which you know wouldn't really sell i don't think here in the u.s i don't think there's the market for it but you know at one point westerns everything was westerns at one point everything was horror you know superheroes are only really a construct that have really caught on you know since since like arguably maybe the the 60s is really when like the superhero genre really took off and sure. now it's ubiquitous enough that it's kind of what people associate with the art form but so what i normally do when somebody is like well how do i get into comics i just ask them like well what do you like right like what kind of stuff are you into oh i'm into um you know i love Fantasy movies. I love, you know, like, like. what are your favorite movies? Oh, I love Labyrinth and stuff. Okay, so here's some stuff you want to check out. Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Absolutely. You want to check out Saga by Brian Vaughn. Mm want to check out you know what else do you like oh i like horror i like really good horror fucking awesome check out lock and key by joe hill which is fantastic um oh i like really extreme horror though i like like not stephen king stuff i like like grindhouse stuff like rob zombie-esque okay go check out crossed Uh, by, by Garth Ennis, like get that book. You'll, you'll dig the shit out of it. It's not for me, but you'll be into it. (laughs) What do you, you know, what do you like over there? Like, oh, well, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I just really like watching cartoons. All right, well fucking come over here, man. Because we got Powerpuff Girls comics. We got fucking My Little Pony comics. We've got, you know, you were a collector in the eighties. Here's every toy you've ever had has a comic book series. So it's just, it's a matter of kind of like, what are you into, And that, to me, is the important question, because a lot of people, when they start trying to introduce other people to comics, they come at it with like, oh, here's the top 10 whatever.
0: Right, right.
2: Like, here's Watchmen, here's Dark Knight Returns, here's Sandman, here's whatever. And I think the problem with that approach is if one of those books does not click with somebody, then it's somewhat ostracizing. It's kind of a gatekeeping exercise. Sure, sure. I don't dig Watchmen, so maybe comics aren't for me. You know, some people don't dig Watchmen. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I
0: actually have a very good friend who, like, okay, so I used to work at this job where we had, like, a little comics club, and Mm -hmm. we would take turns buying new, like, uh, trade paperbacks or compendiums, you know, and and we would leave them at the store, and we'd all read them, and then we'd kind of talk about them and stuff. And uh, it's actually the reason why I've read as much of the Walking Dead uh, comics as I have, uh, mm-hmm. because you know I'm like I'm all the way through to Compendium three. I'm waiting for them to finish Compendium four, which I don't think is going to happen until like the end of 2019 or 2020. Um, so, well, those
2: Compendiums are goddamn enormous. Anyway, yeah, they're like, they're oh, yeah. huge. I think mm. they're
0: I think they're like 50 issues each, and they're still yeah, currently so. in the thing. Yeah but uh but yeah there's a lot of books like and so one of the ones that we did we, he he brought uh one of them brought in Watchmen and we all reread it it was like the third time reading through for me so I was happy to do that but one of the, one of the guys really hated it he's like I didn't care for it
2: at all and we're like oh that's interesting you know but yeah everybody's got their own thing I mean, I just don't think – Watchmen, to me, isn't something that works as a self-contained series. You have to have some frame of reference for superhero tropes sure. and for the superhero genre in question. It's almost a parody. the superhero – yeah, the superhero genre before Watchmen came out, because right. watch, once Watchmen came out, it was almost license for, let's do a deconstruction that's grim and gritty, you know, superheroes that fucking swear and kill people. So, and, and it's a commentary on what's come before as much as it is a political commentary. But if you just go in and read that cold, it's not the easiest read in the world. It's dense. It's a little bit Byzantine in the plot. You've got a. It, it's a definitely something that rewards multiple readings, but that's presupposing you enjoyed it enough to read through it the first time. Right. And it's not an easy book to get into the, um, I, I, I really can't stand the, the Zack Snyder movie adaptation, mm-hmm. but I will argue that one of the most intelligent things that he did was change the ending. Because the ending of that comic is Weird. a little bananas yeah. if, you are, if you are not already, again, willing to accept and presuppose some of these comic book um, tropes and, and uh, environmental concepts. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing's for everybody. That's the thing. So for me, it's always kind of a matter of like, instead of just being like, here's my top 10 reading list. Mm. Instead, it's really like, well, what are you into? Like if somebody comes to you and they're like, "Hey, how do I get into books?" That's it's to me such a broad question that you right. have to start narrowing it down. Like, "Well, what do you th- think you would like? What have you heard about that's interesting to you? What do you like in other um, you know, other media or uh, so."
0: Yeah, I take the same approach when people talk to me about movies because obviously I'm much more of a movie guy than I am much of anything else to be honest. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the same approach with them. I'm like, well, what do you like? You Because know, I, I can sit here and, I mean, I can list you my top ten, but I'm going to tell you for a fact six of those you ain't going to like.
2: Oh, god damn, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you're somebody whose taste I I very much enjoy because of the fact that you are so very upfront about owning. This is what I'm into. Yeah. I don't recommend you check out the shit that I'm into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, because, like, okay, case in point, uh, tied for the number four space on my top five films of all time are, uh, two roughies that came out in the sixties. Now, I don't know, I'll, I'll give a little quickie history lesson here on film for, for those not in the know. Um, the, uh, basically since the dawn of time, since they, well, since the dawn of cinema, I should say, um, there have been underground films that are ugly and mean and cruel and uh and sick and sexy and whatever um stuff that no that they don't want you looking at well that's the stuff i love so i tend to i tend to watch a lot of it there so in the 60s there was this uh trend called the nudie cutie where it basically consisted a lot of um some dope, like some schlub, you know, walking around and, oh, hey, look, there's a window. Let me go look in it. Oh my God, somebody's getting undressed. Let me watch them, you know? And it was, it was really almost like, you know, like it was tame, like super tame, you know, because it was basically just, it was Peeping Tom shit, you know, for the most part. And now I'm not condoning Peeping Toms, but. It's what it was. It, it's like nobody was getting hurt. No, there was no violence in anything like that. There was no sex in any of them. Like they were basically like PG rated fucking nudie films for the, for lack of a better term. Well, Mm -hmm. as time progressed, people got sick of them, you know, and they got sick of them pretty quick. Actually, I think it took, it took less than a decade for people to be like, I'm done with this shit. Give me something better. Well, the next thing that would happen was, was, so that was sort of like chance uh begetting nudity. Then it sort of became chance begetting sex and you'd start having like these these sex films and the softcore stuff. Well then that started to get uh get boring and then it then it turned to violence begets sex and those films were called ruffies. Um so the and so the the number four tied for fourth place are, are a couple of ruffies from the late 60s. Uh one of them's called Scum of the Earth and the other one's called The Defilers and uh like i love the Defilers so much that i have the their the logo tattooed on my arm and named a band of mine (laughs) you know a former band of mine after the fucking movie you know um like it's it's but i but i will sit here and tell you that if you are squeamish in any way don't watch it because it's very rapey um
2: yeah, I mean, just yeah. my general rule of thumb is if it's something that you really enjoy, I can't watch it. <laughs> like, it will upset me to the point of like never sleeping again. Right. But, so it's just like like if I see you like really lay down a heavy like this is a mo favorite, that's mm-hmm. usually when I'm just like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to try real hard to not know that exists. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? <laughs> and, that's, and that's cool.
0: That's totally fine. In fact, that's what I expect for most people because I am very forthright when I tell people this is this is the sort of thing that I like you will probably not like it you know so
2: so like okay so just based on that I would say here's a comic book recommendation for mo right Destination jones desolation jones okay desolation jones uh it's a warren ellis comic it's about uh an ex i think it's an ex british intelligence officer who um ends up in kind of this prison city of just ex-intelligence officers Mm -hmm. and it's a private eye and the like the first arc is him trying to track down um stolen porn that was porn of adolf hitler's huh and it's fucking brilliant. And it's Warren Ellis, so it's dark and mean and fucked up and sexy and awesome and just like really intelligent and really cool. I think you would fucking dig it. Right. Um. I mean, like, I... So, 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 yeah. I,
0: yeah. I was going to say, you could probably have a real field day if I gave you my top five for, for movies and just giving me recommendations because it's all over the place. It's all the fucking oh, absolutely. over the place. And, yeah. and,
2: and, you know, you're you're also kind of a unique case in that... It's true. I, well, <laughs> just in the fact that you have, I think, a broader genre appreciation than most folks. I would, I like, would, your, yeah, like, I would say your that. media consumption appetites are voracious yeah. and omnivorous. And I've always dug that, uh, and respected that about you, mm-hmm. but you know, for a lot of other folks, it's just a matter of like, comics are for everybody. Right. So if you like things, there's going to be a comic that you like. The biggest are we talking about? Oh, the, are we talking
0: about the Canadian uh, or Canuck exploitation classic things that uh, about the man who goes to visit his brother at his house and they get attacked by these giant
2: ant monster things? That movie? No, okay. we're not. <laughs> I'm, so, uh, I'm sorry. It's just and, it's, and I it's... could have gone the whole week without knowing that. What was it? Canuck exploitation. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just like a lot of slow pouring of maple syrup. Honest, over
0: stuff. Uh, honestly, there's a there's there is a myriad of just fantastic horror films out of Canada, uh, and
2: yeah, they call them exploitation Oh, that's fucking fantastic. Yeah. We have to talk about that off air.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest hurdle for comic books is the the art form itself. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can get into reading and the juxtaposition of that with the imagery it's just not for everybody right but you know there's also people i know who are just like yeah i don't like music and okay i don't get that i don't get but, that at all yeah but you know, that's are,
1: insane to me <laughs> well, you know,
2: like, it, it or there's people you know who are just like oh i don't have a tv i don't like tv or people like i never go to the movies like you know folks will sit out lots of different types of media. Uh, Comics is just one that's sort of niche enough in our culture that it's a little bit easier to do so. Plus, not to mention that, you know, it's got a pretty long connotation of, first, it was really associated exclusively with kids. Then it was associated really with um, misogynistic and kind of... um, you know, retrograde, uh, neckbeard humans who, who, uh, <laughs> you know, lived in mom's basement and didn't have a lot, uh, to contribute to the world. Um, uh, the good old troglodyte. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're still, they're around. There's more of them than ever mm-hmm. and fuck them all. If any of, if any of them are listening, if anybody from diversity in comics is listening to this podcast, you can suck my entire butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, no fucking patience no fucking patience for gatekeepers no fucking patience for assholes sure. um, yeah fuck that shit but yeah no comics I mean it's it's what do you want what are you into and especially the, like this is a time when I don't know this for a fact, but it feels to me like more people than ever are out there creating comics, um, and they're doing it. It's not a huge money maker, like unless you have an IP farm like a Marvel or a DC. Um, you know, it's it's like anything else; it's a crapshoot. But so I'm not a big, you know, I, I I'm not a big fan of the folks that are showing up because they're like, well, let me pitch you my screenplay in comic book form. Right. Um, but I, you know there's so many people out there now who are creating there's all these great web comics there's digital formats there's more more ways than ever of getting into comics and things like crowdfunding um have really democratized the process to a place where you can get a much broader swath of genre and tone and flavor than you ever could before so it's it to me it's like no better time to be alive as a comic book fan because not only i mean if you had told me if you had gone back to like that three to five year old me who's getting that big box of comics fishing out a captain america comic and being like all right check this out dude you're gonna get to see a movie with not Cap- just Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and the Hulk and like already my five year old brain would have exploded, but it's right. like no 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 Vision is in this shit, Scarlet Witch is in this shit, Rocket Raccoon who okay well you're not gonna know him because he's not gonna Bill mantlow isn't coming <laughs> another fifteen years, but, but trust me it's gonna be fucking awesome. Like it's such a golden age for nerdetry Right. Um, so yeah it just in terms of comics no better time so many great publishers um oni press boom studios idw doing stuff that's like out there there's great co- crime comics so many great co- crime comics like ed Brubra- uh, brubaker uh churns out an amazing crime comic like at least once twice a year just makes it just drops these amazing series out of nowhere it's just so much cool shit mm. uh yeah, apparently I like comics a little bit.
0: No, it's cool. It's cool. That see, that's that's the whole point of the show. That's that, that I know, is, I
2: know. You, you you tapped into it. Yeah, man, I got I, my nerd enthusiasm <laughs> flat.
0: See, that's why I said we might not touch on D and D today because we we'll start with comics we'll see where it goes. You know, and well, hey, shit, man, bring me back. I'm happy to talk about uh, about D and D too. Yeah. Um. All right. So, so, so we touched on you know on, on thoughts, and honestly, I agree with you one hundred percent on your philosophy as far as like where to start. I'm with you a hundred percent. Um, let's let the best place to start is in your own
2: mind. <laughs> um, hopefully with a good local comic book store, right. And unfortunately, not all comic book stores are created equal. But if if they're worth their salt, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, you walk in the door and you go up to the counter and you're like, hey, I'm new to comics. What's some stuff I should be checking out? Those are the people that should be walking you through this. Um, They really should. But there's also – you know, social media, for all the good and bad, there's a lot of resources like online – there's websites, Twitter. Um, if if you're on Twitter, follow it's LCS Valkyries. Um, and they are women who work at comic shops and fucking love comics Mm. and they drop these amazing recommendations for, you know, here's something that's, that's really queer friendly. Here's something that's super feminist. Here's something that's just fucking fun. Here's some all ages books. Like those ladies know their shit and they drop some phenomenal recommendations. So just by kind of surfing along in some of the, the social media, Currents and and obviously trying to avoid the the goddamn icebergs of of uh, shitlordery that are out there. Um, You know, there's lots of great gateways in, but the to me, my way of thinking is if a good comic book store is fucking clutch. Unfortunately, not all comic Mm. book stores are good comic book stores, but when you do find that good one, like oh man, it feels. So right.
0: Well, what uh, I what I what I personally love is that we live in a, We live in an age where there's such a market that even if your tastes are the nichest of niche, you know, there's something out there for you. You know, c- case in point, like I've I've been doing I've been doing my podcast No Budget Nightmares for six years, mm-hmm. and that's just a show devoted entirely to micro budget cinema. You know, there, and we're not even close to scratching the surface. Like, we don't even go that deep uh, mm-hmm. on that show. And like, yeah, sure, it's the stuff that, like, you know, uh, John and Jane Doe, who you know go to the multiplex every weekend, they could be the biggest film fans in the world. And I guarantee you, they'll read through our list of uh, films and be like, "Well, I've maybe heard of two of those." You yeah. know, and um, you know, but but it's the same idea. Like, there's so much. Like, it's there's so much out there. There's so much that you know that no matter what your taste is it's everywhere and that's awesome and I dig the shit at it but I want to but I want to flip the uh I want to flip the script a little bit here. We talked about, you know, getting into comic books. Let's 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 flip it around turn the mirror back on you. What are your favorites?
2: Oh my god. Um the list will honestly vary I'll say, instead of giving you a list of comics specifically, I'll tell you about creators that okay. I like yeah, and that I, follow, sure. that I follow everywhere. Because that became an important thing to me at a certain point, is recognizing like as much as I love... X Men comics. You know, as -hmm. much as I love X Men comics, they're going to hit lulls where just I'm not into the story. I'm not into the creative team. So it's kind of that thing, that transition in my mind of being an adolescent comic fan to being an adult comic fan is being like recognizing when something is just not for you and following in a lot of cases the creators who do work that really that you're really into. Um, Brian Michael Bendis is one of my personal comic book heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, Love the guy. Love his work. He's done and just about everything of name at Marvel he's done at one point or another. Amazing runs on Avengers, he created uh, the Ultimate Comics version of Spider-Man, hmm. as well as the uh, the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man that's awesome. getting his own animated film. Yeah. He's the guy that created Jessica Jones, Ooh. Um, which by the way, uh, the the source material for that, that Netflix show, Alias, that's one of my all-time favorite comics. Um, but he's also a dude who does a lot of really great indie stuff. He's got a fantastic book called Powers with uh, an artist who I love, Mike Oming, which is Powers is basically like Law and Order for superheroes huh. it's an ex-superhero who's a cop and he and his partner investigate murders of superheroes oh that's neat uh, and the, the the book has been out for uh got, it's got to be well over 100 issues now various um volumes and just really interesting they keep doing really cool shit with it and taking it in these insane directions but um i love bendis's writing i love his ear for dialogue um and he's also that is the guy whose message board I met my wife on. Huh. So I'm automatically going to have a real soft spot. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick is a writer who I love and who I follow um, and who has been, I should say, indescribably kind to me um, in the the dealings that we've had. She's, she's just a wonderful, wonderful person and amazing writer. Uh, she has a book called Bitch Planet, which <laughs> is... Um, sort of a futuristic handmaid's tale it's uh, a a future where women can be imprisoned for being non-compliant to the standards set for them by this patriarchal um, universal government and it's about the prison planet where non-compliant women are sent wow and it's edgy and it's feminist and it's honest and it's fucking aggressive and it's angry and it's brilliant this is great great work and she has another western comic called pretty deadly which is um this dreamscape-esque western about like revenge and reincarnation and it's beautiful um her husband is matt fraction the guy i mentioned who does sex criminals Mm -hmm. love all of fractions work um i've been i've been a huge fan of his for years he's had a lot of really really great series uh ed brubaker is one of my personal heroes. I love that dude. Um, writes great crime books, great super, uh, like he did some amazing stuff at DC with like the Batman books and things like that. Greg Rucka is another guy. Um, if you get a chance, I'm trying to think of, this is what happens is sometimes I'm reading so much stuff at once that right. I, get, uh, I get the books confused. Rucka does this book called Lazarus, which is Just goddamn brilliant. Um that's been yeah, I
0: was gonna say that's been recommended to me before, so it's great. Maybe I'll have to pull the trigger on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a future US where it's basically split up into almost these corporate feudal states that are run by families, and each family has a Lazarus who is basically kind of like a ultra advanced fighting machine, like a person (laughs) who's been advanced to the, the absolute Um, peak of human potential through chemical and other means and is so advanced that they can essentially survive wounds that would otherwise kill people like you know they can have arms blown off and legs blown off and be reattached um and it's the the book centers around this woman who is the lazarus for her family um fucking great series so much cool shit uh let's see who else I mentioned Lock and Key earlier. That's one of my all-time favorite series. Joe Hill, <clears throat> great like it's it's the closest you'll ever come to a Stephen King novel in comic book form. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's by Stephen King's son. Um, but great, great um, horror uh, horror series. Uh, huge Neil Gaiman fan, obviously. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, I've been reading it for so long. Like I could probably do this conservatively for the next hour. <laughs> but, uh, but but that's a lot of it. Is like for me, try out some stuff, find folks that you dig. Um, and then, you know, just kind of follow them. And, and, you know, there's up and coming people. Um, Mags Visaggio, Magdalene Visaggio is somebody <clears throat> who I'm discovering recently and whose stuff is amazing. She's writing, um, Eternity Girl for, I'm, I don't know if it's, it's for one of the DC imprints. I think it's young animal, which is the one that, uh, Gerard way from my chemical romance curates, but I'm not sure if it's that, that label or not, but she's got a, a, an amazing voice. Tom King is doing a lot of Batman work, but he's also writing the Mr. Miracle series for DC, which is bananas. Good. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, f- check stuff out. That's basically it. Get out there, check stuff out, find the thing that really moves you. And then, you know, figure out what the part of it was that really moves you. Cause for me, I'm motivated by writers. Mm. So I follow writers cause I'm, I'm a storyteller. I like the, the, that part of it. The art for me is beautiful, but it's also secondary, but for some folks they follow artists because the biggest part of that comic experience for them is that visual experience. Right, so they right they'll check in or out a series depending on who's doing the art, you know, just as valid a way to consume the, the art form as anybody as any other.
0: Very cool. Very cool. HK, do you have any history with comic
1: books? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, as we've touched on, I'm a giant horror nerd. So
0: yes, this is true. uh,
1: That goes over into, my comic interests as well I'll read just about anything horror Uh, one of the things I really love is uh, the creepy magazine like from Hmm. back back from the 60s on through the 80s I love those Hmm. they're great Um, it's a kind of it's an anthology kind of like Tales from the Crypt but uh, I don't know that's creepy, cr- yeah. creepy to me. It was just the art is great. It's got all those Frank Frazetta covers that are awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just great all around. Well written. Are, are
0: you at all familiar with? Um, I, it's you know it's it's a comic book of sorts, but I forget what they call it. I think they I think in Italy they call it a photo novel. Where it's basically like instead of them drawing pictures, it's still photography uh, that set up the scenes. Uh, and there was there was a big one that you'd probably really dig. His name was Sadistic. Are you familiar with Sadistic? No. Uh, he was also called Killing. Um, okay. He was he was the Sadistic super criminal, and he he had the coolest fucking outfit that I have ever seen. Like I need to get a Sadistic tattoo because it's just the coolest fucking thing i've ever he's it's basically like a skeleton suit but the face is really twisted and weird and like it's um it's haunting almost like you look at it you're like that's terrifying like if you saw a man walk into your house wearing this outfit you you know and because it was all done in pictures it was all real so to speak you know so it's like extra extra creepy I uh, I'll I'll do a I'll do a search for him like but yeah it was the sadistic cr- uh criminal genius or whatever uh what whatever they called it but those those are really interesting um the stories aren't like amazing but like the idea of this character and he was all over Italy and I
2: Europe. I think I I think I'm I've got my internet up in front of me I think I might have found it I've I've got something that looks like what you're talking about spelled but with a like, k uh, um well, oh, I can't tell. There's one that's like satanic with. Oh, a satanic K. is the same guy. Yeah, same character. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, yeah, it, it looks like this edition is like Buenos Aires, <laughs> like Argentina. Yeah. Uh, pr- printing, but like, yeah, yeah, right on. No, I never, I've never heard of that my, before in my life. Uh, but again, I- not the genre. You know?
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, like, I got into it like the, when I, I remember watching that film, Danger Diabolic.
1: Oh, um, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and like that got me into the idea of like these like, sp- like criminal mastermind, like, su- you know, like they're basically superheroes. Like, he's James Bond, but only he's the bad guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like I remember doing some research on it and I stumbled across Sadistic or Satanic or Killing or Kill Link. He has like six or seven different names depending on where, you- where you- you're seeing it from. Um, and I just thought it was like the coolest fucking thing. Like, and I, and I, and then I realized there's like a whole, Genre around there, and I didn't get into it too deep. I really just kind of stuck with with that one because that was the one that I thought was the coolest. But give give it a look if you get a chance, because it's it like at the very least the outfit is worth it.
2: So let oh, me, yeah. based on what you just referenced with the Danger, uh diabolique I'm going to give you another recommendation. It's a Matt Fraction comic called Casanova, um, which I mean the plot. If I tell you the plot, it's it's. God, it's difficult to describe. It's about like a thief who gets kind of sucked into this world of like espionage and double uh-huh. agentry. But it's it's got time travel and multiple dimensions and psychedelics and uh, cross dressing and weird deviant sex. And it's it's a fucking Matt Fraction book, so it's weird and brilliant and insanely cool and just like it's got if you if you dig like the danger diabolique i think he had mentioned that that was one of his big influences for Mm. it originally but it's it's fucking rad comic and i think that's another one you would really dig on mo
0: well i mean you had me with cross-dressing and then you won me over with uh with sex
2: so you (laughs) know I you know I don't like to assume that all your interests are about fucking. I like they're, to. They're not.
0: They're I, not. I, I actually have uh, some surprisingly uh, G rated interests. So
2: <laughs> can I tell you that that makes it worse somehow? Yeah, yeah
0: it does. It really does. <laughs>
2: I realized as I was saying it how much worse it made it sound. But uh, it's just like it makes me question the nature of that whatever that G rated thing might be. Like, Moe's into that. Wow. What am I? What am I missing about? Well, that? Well, like, like I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan. Oh, God,
0: yeah. Okay. You know, Never. so, like, you know... That just
2: means you have a soul.
0: Yeah, right. You know, so, like, there, there, there is, you know, and if it's animated, I'm down with it for the most part. You know, there's there's stuff I like, there's stuff I don't like, but I, I'm a big... I, I don't know what the proper way... I've heard it Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever. I don't care. I pronounce it the way I like it. Regardless, I'm a big Hayao Miyazaki
1: fan. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Have you right, ever read a book, I'm, uh comic I'm, called Chew? Chew is great. I have not yeah. read it now.
2: Yeah. HK, throw that throw that plot out
1: there. Plug it. It's this guy who who works for like this police department and he's got this weird thing where he can go to a crime scene and he can see what happened, but in order to do it, he has to take a piece of like a dead body or whatever and eat it.
2: Huh. Yep. He's, he's a, a food and drug administration agent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's that book is
2: chew is goddamn great. Um, it's uh, John layman is the I, the writer. I
1: think that's it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and he's done, he's done some really, really cool stuff too. Um, he did like some of the Marvel zombies books he did. He did the uh, Marvel zombies versus army of darkness. Mm, um, I
1: have that.
2: Yep. Yep. Fun book. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff too, but that, that was one of the ones that I really remember. I'm not sure what he's up to. I think chew wrapped. I'm pretty sure. Sure. Chu it, was wrapped
1: up. it probably did. I, 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 re- I didn't read it at all, but the uh, what I read was several years ago.
2: It's, it's pretty fantastic. And I'll tell you something else about that. Um, one of the reasons I'm as familiar with it as I am is not just because of the quality of the comic, but because the original pitch that John Layman put together for that book is held up amongst the people I know as like, this is how you pitch a fucking book to a publisher. Mm. Um, it's like the template. It's super tight, really well done, really well organized. So I have like... Multiple copies of that pitch, like PDF'd, and whenever I'm getting ready to do a new pitch or a new proposal for anything, I fucking pull it out and I read through it because it's to, it's like the holy grail of comic book pitches. So not only is the series great, but it was also really, really smartly put forth to the publisher there's a, a lot you can learn from that thing
0: well that seems like a great place to uh to wrap this up you know the, if anybody who's uh, out there looking to pitch a comic book and uh wasn't aware of that already uh now you are so get out there take a look get it done and uh hopefully, right we'll, hopefully we'll be reading uh their stuff in the uh in the near future as uh as is the same with you uh travis i hope that uh you know we get to see more stuff from you in the uh in the in the coming months and years as well That is the oh, plan yeah. uh Travis you got anything you wanna plug?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will start just broadly. Uh, My website is uh, www.travismholyfield.com. You can find me, uh, I'm Travis Holyfield on Twitter, Travis M. Holyfield, Facebook, Instagram, all the rest of that. Uh, My new five-issue comic series, Street Clothes, is going to be, uh, publishing on that will be completed probably, we're estimating August or September. So the full five issues will be available. They should be out on comic mixology and i'll also be selling them um through my website and at conventions so uh if you like crime stories super villain stories and uh and a lot of swearing and violence it's uh definitely a book that might be up your alley so check it out hit me up on uh, the social medias and tell me hello
0: that is awesome uh yeah you can find us here at alt.nerd.obsessive uh we are on facebook there is a Group officially. Do a search, Alt Nerd Obsessive, and uh, you'll find us on there. Join the group, join the conversation. Uh, we now have an official email, uh, which we haven't had for the first two episodes, so uh, that's good. It's altnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line if you want to. If you want us to talk about anything in particular, or if uh, you're interested in being on the show. Are you uh, super nerd, obsessed with something? Come on and talk with us. Uh, we love that. Uh, we also... Yeah. We also just uh, started our first uh, official YouTube page. Uh, it's probably going to be nothing but Dead by Daylight clips uh, for a while, and then uh, <laughs> and then eventually we'll add in some uh, some Friday the Thirteenth clips once um, once they get their shit together on uh, on that game.
1: And then if if we ever start playing something that isn't one of those two games, we'll add that too. Yeah,
0: I have a, I I I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that I'm going to be adding more more non uh, asymmetric horror survival game content than uh, than HK is. But uh, you know, it it is what it is. We'll uh, we'll we'll add stuff up as it comes, and uh, we're going to try to it's do on, some. It's
1: on
2: brand. That's the important thing.
0: Exactly. Exactly uh and you know we'll probably do some twitch streaming in the near future maybe some uh some let's play stuff show everybody how to fail at being a survivor in uh dead by daylight because we're really good at that and uh it's it'll be a lot of fun so that that one will be at twitch.com slash not very good which is my personal twitch page (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, the funny thing is I had originally had this great idea for uh, starting a uh, a YouTube channel for video gaming and realized that, like, as I was playing games to kind of practice and, like, you know, uh, broaden my horizon on stuff I could play, I realized, like, I'm not, I kind of suck, you know? at like a lot of video games and so I'm like so the the idea hit me I'm like well I'll just I'll just call myself not very good so that way they know what to expect when uh you know when when yeah. they watch
2: if I tried to do something like that it would be only for the the very specific niche audience that really enjoys being so frustrated by what you're seeing you just want to yank the controller out of the person's hand, I <laughs> exactly. would absolutely be, be qualified for that.
1: So, game grumps, basically. <laughs> game grumps. Alright. <laughs> on. Right.
0: on that note, you have been listening to alt.nerd.obsessive. Good night,
1: folks. Later on, nerds. Bye, guys. <laughs> Oh. Superman had a big ass on his chest. He was trying on my nerves. I got mad in his strick ass. I get him a war hell right. I whip Superman's ass. I win. with my girlfriend. I caught him
2: in my room kissing her. I took a rubber hose and flogged his room.
1: I whip mess and